we got the lovely filmmaker Mark Hensley on the show tonight. I'm your host, Soli. We are dissecting the Mad Max franchise. <laughs> the franchise itself, I like. I like. I like the first uh, first ones. I think, uh, you know, I mean, f- for the time that they were made in, I think they were standout films. I think the Thunderdome still is is you know, for what it is, a really good film. <clears throat> um, you know, there's a story movies there. that have somehow, yeah. because of their popularity, their practical physical yeah. car stunts, they've been entered even into the Guinness Book of Records as the most profitable film ever made. Yeah. The first one, you know, I mean, I mean, let's face it, the first Mad Max was clearly a super low budget indie film mm-hmm. that spawned this huge, you know, this huge franchise. Um, you know, so you know, I will give. Uh, the creator and director, you know, really props for that because, you know, it was, it was certainly, you know, something different. Um, I mean, I think at that point it was kind of really one of those, one of the first really true, um, Oh, what, what's that genre? The uh, uh, Australian new wave is what it's. Well, yeah, but also the, the period, the whole. Uh, Post-apocalyptic. Oh, yeah. It was, it really was one of the truly first popular, post-apocalyptic films when you think about it i mean i i can't really think of anything else that could really meet that criteria at at that point i i i can't yeah other than escape from new york which was a different kind of yeah but that was in fact i think escape from new york was more of a after that i think that was after that i could be wrong but i think it was after that yeah no you're right because yeah there was a boy and his dog but that was more satirical you know you know it's so so I, you know, I thought it was, yeah, it was really good. But, um, you know, I think for me, where where Mad, I where the Fury Road kind of, for me personally, when I saw it, it's like it's people driving through the desert, you know. It's yeah. I, like, really, I what I else was there? There was there was no real like it story. Was made, it, it was totally made for the uh, Fast and Furious crowd, and I know some people are going to yeah. be like sacrilege having to say that. I'm like, well. Because it doesn't have the same daring escapade. It's just it it doesn't because and again, and I've said this online, it's like I find it I, I just don't see there's a real story there. There's no, you know, I went okay. to it with a friend and uh my other online pals were actually why we formed this podcast together. We were just like, this is not a movie. Because like the yeah. first three, they're cult movies. You can laugh at the yeah. goofy costumes and everything, but they have yeah. a vision. They have establishing yeah. shots. They built their own practical sets. And yeah. it was the brainchild of producer Brian Kennedy and, again, George Miller. And yeah. they felt like they were having fun. And when I saw the, you know, that Fury Road was getting nominated for Best Picture, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? I, exactly. That's my thing. It's just That's like, where I was like, what are you talking about? Because, you know, I mean, there's honestly, zero dialogue in this. There's, there's no I can't story. even say there's sh- yeah there's and I can't who was the villain really I mean, yeah I mean and really when you think about it, I was thinking about it this morning it's like it's like you know they kind of like storyboarded all these fucking chases and stuff and then it seems yeah. like then they kind of at the end were like well what's the story and it's like we'll have it to do with water and I was thinking about that this morning and I'm like <laughs> this is like fucking water world in reverse yeah and i mean you know what i mean it's like now they're not looking for water i mean none of them are looking for land they're looking for water whereas in you know 
water world, they're looking for land and not water. And is there really that much difference? When when you really think about it, is there that much difference between water not world really. or interior mode? I don't think so. Well, and the villains, <laughs> yeah, the villains would always be wacky, but they would often have some funny lines. Yeah, I exactly saw this one. I was reminded more of like a B picture, like say maybe Cyborg, you know. Yeah. It's just like, but see, those have a the those goofiness are kind of part of the charm, you know. Yeah. This this wants to be more kind of like Blade Runner, where it's very advanced and it's a reboot of an established saga. Yeah, but it, and and again, it's just like okay, the visuals and all this stuff, it's all good and dandy, but but even there, you know, the visuals. Yeah, I mean, the cinematography itself doesn't blow me away, and and I think and that's what's so weird. You look at the cinematographer; it's the same crowd, and so why is it that we're getting too spoiled? I don't think it is. I think you're onto something. I think no, it's we've I, I seen it's too because, much. We need something new, and yeah, I, I think that they focus so much. I found Furiosa's yeah. mechanical arm kind of interesting, but it really but doesn't like, mean anything cares? to me. You know, like what was the point of that? I don't know. Just yeah. make we got to do something different with her. So let's give her a mechanical arm. Like, yeah, but so instead of developing her character, we're going to go like the cheap, easy way and just do some kind of weird thing with her body. Oh I, yeah, I, and it's like they're, they're, I didn't give a shit about any of the characters first. I totally and. Um, the original Mad Max, you can see how it would appeal to any kind of crowd. It would appeal. Yeah, exactly. It's what you were watching if you weren't watching Charles Bronson beat someone up. Hey, who's this unknown exactly. named Mel Gibson who's taking out the trash as like a future exactly Marshall and uh, and then you got the Star Wars type thing where again just making uh, the Australia wildlife look like a yeah. wasteland. That yeah, was intriguing exactly. and. And I, yeah, I found, Beyond on Thunderdome is kind of the Return of the Jedi. Some people like yeah, it, other exactly. people think yeah. it's a weak you know, close because Part Two was just so epic and scaled. Exactly. But I just don't really find myself revisiting those original movies. I respect them, but yeah. I've just always been more of an Indiana Jones kind of guy, where I like, yeah, seeing no, totally. a tribute to <clears throat> earlier cinema while being its own fascinating adventure and world. And I, I, I agree, and and I think the thing for me with um, when I think about Fury Road, literally the, the literally the only thing I can remember from that movie is driving through the desert. Um, Charlize Theron's in it, yeah, and and the guy that's strung up that's playing guitar. Like that's yeah. literally that's literally the only thing I can remember from the movie. I remember I, the I, Conan O'Brien parody more than I remember <laughs> the guy on fire. You know, it's so. Just... <laughs> You know, it's like, so to me, that's not a good movie. And then I see people trying to attach all these, you know, philosophical. Oh, yeah. And just My sister to totally went into the whole, this is a feminist film. I'm but, like. But you got to look at the subtext. What? What no, subtext? What subtext? Or, you know, and I, you know, and I see that a lot of times with movies. And they're very snobby about it. It's like, oh, okay. so snobby. Like yeah, they, You're the same. I, I saw so many people go against their compromises. I thought you were saying you respect people's opinions and then i saw so many other people who are hard on all other kinds of adventure movies right and it, and they made an exception to this I'm i like, mean 
and they can't explain it. That that's what I mean, bites me. If you can't explain it and you're just going to keep yeah. laughing at someone's comment and being a dick in return, then we need to just stop well, having this conversation. Like, well, I, the funny thing is, is these are the same people that will talk shit about superhero movies. Or right? that Scorsese or Spielberg movies. need to hate it, right? hang it up. Or Yeah. yeah, is, yeah they're the same ones who will, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I hate Christopher uh, Nolan, Jordan Pill, but I want to see his movie because <laughs> it drives right? me crazy. It's like they no? want to hate but, watch something. I'm like, yeah. that's already a waste of time if you're hate exactly. watching something. But, but Fury Road is a fucking no better than any other superhero action movie. The only difference is, and I actually said this the other day online, is like, as far as I'm concerned, the first Iron Man has more action in it and is better the first 30 minutes yeah. than Fury Road in its entirety. You know, there's nothing in Fury Road that makes me go, wow, this is a great movie. It's like... I think a lot of people who had never seen an action movie before or who are gearheads, I yeah. think that's the main crowd. But yeah. see, that's that's the difference between this one and the original trilogy. You could like the originals even if you weren't a fan as necessarily revenge movies or exactly. automobile-driven narratives. Yeah. It was appealing to the Walter Hill crowd of the driver or any other kind of yes, just exactly adventure movie. But yeah, yeah uh, with this, it does kind of make you, pu it just I mean, puzzles you a bit because you're just like, hmm. Because, you know, my thing is, is I like a good action movie or superhero movie as much as a good drama. Art or house. Yeah. Or art house. Experimental as as mystery. Good, if, if it's done well, I mean, I was watching, um, dark city again the other night oh it's, sweet it's such a good movie you know it's i would have actually applauded them and, and see this is what also drives me up crazy neither the people who like it or the filmmaker himself george miller can explain to you where this is in the realm they can't explain right. if it's a reboot or a yeah. sequel or yeah, it's a remake just, to me it's just why did they let him get away with that when everyone else you know gets know. accused online of ruining the fandom it's exactly it's, too much fascism and favoritism on that part in terms well, of a geek standpoint. And this is, you know, this is another pet peeve of mine where people will just um, accept a film based on who makes it. Not yes. On, not on how good it is. And, and you got to fess up. Everyone's you know, going to make a turd once in a while. You know, I, I, I have directors who have movies who I think are great and then they start making shit. You know, right. I, I, either I they got too full of themselves, <laughs> yeah. or it's yeah. going to divide by audience. But uh, Dark City would have been a cool place to go. I would have loved it if they had made the city more futuristic. Then I would, even if I didn't like it, I would have been like, "See, at least you did something different right. with your exactly. pre-established thing." I would have been okay with it, even if they brought Mel Gibson back. I know right. it's a piece exactly. of shit, but exactly. it would have made sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we yeah. could have put in away our moral compass for one. Two hours, I think so you know, and just fun. said he deserves to take the role that he originally did. I'll, yeah. I'll take it over another I, lethal weapon. I'll... Because I, I mean, I love, um, I love Tom Hardy. I think he's a brilliant actor. He did nothing for me in that movie. I, I found he thought he was still in Bane mode. Where, yeah. Yeah. and Nicholas Holt was the biggest offense for me. I know some people like him, some people hate him based on personally or as an actor. I just found his voice very grating. And yeah, yeah. I love Charlize, and she did nothing. She did nothing either, and I think that that maybe had a lot to do, from what I understand, with the chemistry on set, which was not there. <clears throat> I did hear that they didn't get along, and that, that's what's so <laughs> wild, too, is you see Pete, 
and then I would see comments whenever that made it clickbait. Oh, these actors are so ungrateful. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. If you're in yeah. the hot sun, no amount of money will make you stop, you know, yeah. crying your soul out. I mean, exactly. I know Russell Crowe is a piece of work, but I can't blame him for being pissed every day on the set of Gladiator. You're just right? sweating <laughs> every day. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Uh, you've heard the stories about yeah, crew but, members you know, not the showering. There was no point. Well, Okay, now you take a movie like Gladiator. They started shooting that movie, and they, and they basically had no script. Yeah, and and yeah, they made it better as they went along. They made a great movie. Um, from what I understand, they worked for Miller says he worked for ten years getting this movie. Uh, yeah, going. and it just doesn't show. <clears throat> I, I, I I know this is a thing. So when people say yes, but you know it's about the world building and. The, and look at all the time they put in and the time they went in to design these action scenes and this and that. And I'm just like, I don't fucking care because and those are the same people who would talk smack about people who got in shape. Oh, I could do that. No, you can't exactly. look at no, that workout routine exactly. of you know, it's like it's person. like going it's like going to a restaurant, you know, a five star restaurant ordering <laughs> and the meal and you get it. And you're like, this tastes like shit. And then somebody comes over and says, but you know. The chef, he grew these ingredients himself and he designed this, this, this masterpiece <laughs> himself and he spent years perfecting it. And it's like, I don't care. It still tastes like shit. Just because he did all that work does not automatically mean it's That's where it's nostalgia it's that plays into it. I, I have people yeah. who go to the saltgrass in my town who act like it is still great. And both me, my dad, and my uncle were all like, it may have been great back in the day, but right now these ingredients, exactly. they're not exactly. they're not kinetic. They're not taken yeah. off. They're yeah. not standing out. It's just a very yeah. bland yeah. steak. And, 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 and I think that, and I don't know, maybe it's, I, I, I still just don't understand how people can think that this is, because, you know. The, and they can't explain that. That's, that's they the can't explain thing. it. You know, th this, this came up because they were bitching about. Fury Road didn't win Best Cinematography, but Revenant did. Well, that's because Revenant is, a, first off, a much better movie. It actually has a story and a plot. Yeah, it's, I don't care for it, it but there is a beginning, middle, and end. There's the a way, beginning, middle, and end. The way you can outline shot, it. You can exactly. sum up the highlights. You can, you know, yeah. And the, and, the, and the thing is, is the way it was shot completely enhances the mood of the film. Whereas in Visuals. Fury Road, I don't know. It's like it. It's there's no real what I would consider. There's nothing there that is actually enhancing the mood of the film. You know, you it, it all looks very pretty, and you know, it's just there's there's just no emotion to any of it. And for me, <clears throat> if there's no emotion or story to a film. I literally don't care yeah. what else goes on in it because it's just it's then it's just pretty pictures. Absolutely. Cares, I you know? I mean there's movies that have a great plot and sometimes the cinematography kills it because it yeah, doesn't it totally. feels too robotic or it just yeah. feels like a corporate and again, video. Sometimes there's a great movie and the cinematography may not be great. Yeah. But you're still captivated by the movie. Oh, absolutely. There's you horror know? movies that are good but they're not scary when you look back on them there's action movies that really aren't all that exciting or have very generic no. fights but yeah. because you like the story that it, made up for the lack of substance or concept. exactly it, exactly and then so i you know i i don't know i just i don't know why people are so hardcore maybe it's because it is who made the movie 
why they're so yeah i can't hear them i saw so many um, people saying this is better than a roland emmerich or michael bay movie i'm like why, why do i care about them right now this is not who we're talking but about. you know what it's the same this it is really this. is the same this is what i mean why this is if michael bay just really really didn't care and he was at right Pearl Harbor if you're level. gonna shit all over those two guys then and then talk this movie up i think that's bullshit you know yeah. it's you know i mean I'll, I'll say this i thought the first transformers movie was awesome and then it was shit after that yeah. you know but it was it was fun it, it was, became again i mean it's already it's funny with transformers because kind of like how fast and furious is car commercials with plots that are exactly only make sense on a sunday morning <laughs> yes. cartoon level exactly uh, transformers as well because this is like it was already based on a cartoon that was designed to sell toys and exactly it's an even bigger dense this is like people yeah. who like their cartoon more than it actually deserved to be liked it's exactly it's, and yeah. same thing with these movies i see people who that's literally their first intro to action movies i'm more of an expendables guy but i know plenty right. who never liked those 80s or 90s icons so they can't even last 10 yeah. minutes for those so it's yeah yeah pick your poison I mean, and just just I mean, the reality is okay when, when you go watch expendables yeah you know what you're going to watch right you're not, not going to get fucking shakespeare um and i i will say this i just finished mixing tulsa king for uh stallone oh congrats and working on that show i will say <laughs> stallone knows what he's doing like he is not the star who he is by chance he knows his audience he knows exactly how to i mean because i saw it happen as we were working on the show uh changes that he would have them do in editorial to make sure that the character is displayed right he there was a scene where he says this line and he came back later and said i want the first bit of that line we need to cut that out and we cut it out and it he was so 100% right because he's aware of his brand which is how he sounds no, how he well, looks it's not, it's, it's not even just his brand he knows the he knows how that character is supposed to be portrayed and a single line or word changes the whole meaning of that character oh, yeah. he knows that and he's he really is very very good at what he does he knows his characters he knows how to make a a good product he, like he Sounds really good. does i mean you got to think you got to remember he wrote rocky you know and <laughs> i don't want to make a character who stutters intriguing fascinating exactly and so here he's you know, with a guy um, he's like a stranger yeah. in a strange land kind of he's forming yeah. his mafia so, you those... know so yeah so when it comes to something like expendables he knows what he's doing he knows what he's making he's not making high art he's making an action movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i mean and over and the top crowd pleaser I, I see so many people yes. who don't get certain jokes i'm like oh trust me but as the fans that who have seen his movies a hundred times they totally know what he's referencing they exactly and so you know and again that's the problem i have when people try to talk a movie like fury road up is that that movie is an action film but the problem is is it missed the main part which is the reason why things are happening because there's no plot there's no story there's nothing to I think they had just yeah. been waiting on it on it for so long, but yeah. that doesn't explain the ones who just 
generally don't like movies like i i still yeah. again i will see people who were like i will fight someone i'm like well okay if you're getting way too emotional about a movie i already don't want to talk to you <laughs> right exactly. I've, exactly I've seen a similar thing kind of with the new top gun lately i've seen yeah. people who oh my god is like they knew the original was a recruitment ad i've even seen people who didn't yes, like the original exactly. but like this one and i'm just like just explain what you like don't like and move on just i, I I, you know, I, I saw the, uh, I remember going back and watching the original Top Gun and I was like, wow, this is really a bad movie. Um, (laughs) and then, and then I watched the new one. I'm like, wow, this is just as bad. (laughs) It's, you know, I mean, it's amazing what some people find fascinating, but they just can't describe. And I I was going in and then they, I got accused of being a nitpicker. I'm like, no, it's just no. very, very distracting to me how I don't care about anyone. And I am, I, again, like I, I saw other people who didn't understand the homage to the original Star Wars with the final uh, airplane scene. And I'm like, right. no, it's if you've seen it, you either haven't seen Star Wars in a while or exactly. But then exactly. I'll get the other, oh, well, everyone's a knockoff of other movies. And it's like, and these are the same ones who hate when a movie <clears throat> is a knockoff. I'm like, I'm just kind of I do the whole Hitchcock to Palma thing. I'm like, right, I'm gonna do a homage, do it very well. Exactly. Exactly. You know what it it is? It's like if you're gonna do a cover song, don't copy the original. Yes. Do your own version. Do Do an emo version of a Guns N' Roses song. Yes. And do it well. Yes. I I have no problem when people do a brilliant cover of, of an original song and make it their own. And that's that's the difference between being a copycat and doing an homage, is that yes. you you can take these ideas, and and because it, it's true, it's it's very hard to do. That's where we are, kind of with JJ Abrams. Some yes, people like exactly. him, other people don't. I I'm just I like nothing I personal. Done, I think he's done some great stuff. I think he's like any other director. He's done some really cool, great stuff, and he's done some really like what what whatever, dude. I mean, I actually I thought his. I thought his uh, the first Star Trek he did, it was okay. I thought he did a really great job in, um, how should I put it, realigning the timeline and changing it. I think I think it was first. It was of all, the I, only way it worked. I can't blame him for it, the time. That's exactly it. It's it, it was a very bold move, and I think it was if you're going to do it, I think he had to do that kind of a thing. You can't just do Star Trek with if you're going to, you know, kind of reboot a franchise like that, you can't just start with completely different characters because they've been doing that on TV. And that's too that's much. Fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Way too much. Um, but I think that first Star Trek movie, I actually, I still really enjoy it because it's. Oh, it's scored. Like, it's shot. It, it, the way it's shot, but, you know, the little things even, it's like right at the very end, towards the end when. I mainly uh, applauded the casting. I was like. Oh Quinto yeah, totally. was very good at playing outsiders, so that makes sense for him to be the introvert, yeah. on emotive alien that Spock. I, I love at the very end when Kirk walks onto the bridge again, and he does his little impersonation of of the original Captain Kirk. Just this, yeah, it's a little hint, but I'm like a little break in the fourth wall. It's kind of exactly that kind of stuff is cool. I I I actually also think that what he did with. Um, he did uh, 
oh what was it called what was the first star wars movie that he did force awakens yes i understand also why he made that movie the way he did because he was introducing a whole new generation of people really to star wars and so i understand the approach that he took and i again there i think he did a really good job um i mean it was basically a remake of one of the first ones yeah but, uh, i i i have I'm, I'm fine without a shot i have you know, with just the story and the casting that and yeah and this goes back to our you know rule number one just like yeah. everything else can be working but yeah you just gotta say in your review what you like and don't like and most people yes. will just only focus on what they like yeah. or what they yeah, hated exactly i, I and, gotta say I, I actually think the best star wars reboot so far in my opinion was rogue one i'm with you and because... I know some people who didn't care for the main character and they were like, you don't want to see Andor. I'm like, no, ch- check it out. It, yeah, it's, I can I, understand I, the actor's kind of basic, but you the, know what I loved? The plot line that everyone died at the end because they had to. You know, it's the only way it ends. And it's, it's, that's these it. These are the and unsung heroes. They kind of imply, uh-huh. but a lot and, of people, it's funny. That goes, that's a good point too. Like Mad Max, there's no real consequence. But they yeah. kind of got away the first three times by just having very likable, atypical yeah. Yeah. characters. And this one, I didn't feel like anyone was going to die or have yeah. anything different. And, and, I, and I, I, I left briefly to get two hot dogs for my friend. And right. I, and I asked my friend, so what happened? Oh, well, they fought and now they're working together and now they're on the road again. And I was like, so I didn't miss anything. No. I, 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 if I can pause a movie, or say keep going and really not miss all that much that that just really movie. compromises my yeah. integrity to sit for, for me, something for me it's funny because if i'm watching a movie and i know i can get up at any given point and exactly. go to the bathroom and do whatever and not have to worry and i know Be I'm back 90 anything, minutes later <laughs> who cares you know this is the thing and that's how and i was I, with the new Jurassic World and even Terminator oh Genesis. God, so fucking bad. Oh my god. Well, and I saw people who were like, I love the visuals. I'm like, no, that looks just as I, bad as a lesser well, CGI I, movie. And it, again, here's my thing is I don't care about the visuals. If there's no story, then if there's what, no story, who cares how good the visuals are. And get you know, this. I saw one of some pals who hate how unrealistic some movies get, but they stuck with Genesis. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? In the first two, even maybe part three. I believed that someone broke their bone or couldn't get up and, you know, anything else implausible, I went with it. And and Jenna says people are doing superhero type moves. And it's like, that's not, no, that's not part of the logic. Exactly. No, no, no. I saw one person who thought Jurassic World looked better than the original. I'm like, okay, we are going to so disagree there because it's, it's, oh my God, it's, they made it practically the first time and exactly it looks like a video game with those and that was kind of my complaint about some superhero movies i didn't like is like if it feels too much like it's funny how based on your format kind of determines your enjoyment if it feels like a lost tv pilot you know it just doesn't work as a theatrical movie meant to launch a franchise another thing i've noticed is that and I've seen this happening a lot with, okay, they'll come out with a really good, you know, you'll have like, I don't know, um, what's a good example? Okay, let's let's take Iron Man, for example. Yeah. The first. 
that was a good format we already established right, beginning right. middle and end the character is exactly. not the same no, that he was no. at the end at the end he and becomes iron man yeah and what happens every single time as as the series these series moves on the bad guys get bigger and bigger and bigger there are people who he's unintentionally wronged in some way or form but, and he's like, having to be in, in size though that you, you'll notice that these that the the bad guys become these huge fucking monsters big monsters there's some fun homages like, to giant robot movies and even yes. in the main avengers storyline they always give him some specific dialogue like in yeah. part one like him or hate him part one they establish I don't want to be the team leader at the end. Well, I have no choice. I must be the yeah. team leader. Exactly. Part, part three and four. Yeah. They continue on his whole storyline. And even if people who haven't seen the Spider-Man movies, you know, dead on. Okay. I'm an inspiration to Captain America yeah. and yeah. Spider-Man. And yeah. I got to inspire them to be the next dude who's in charge of this team. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's so, yeah, I, I don't understand. I think that um, I, I don't understand why people try and, attach some higher philosophical meaning to mad max fury road as so many have i mean the most you can get is probably this is what happens if car dealerships and wrestling ruled the world that's right and logic left but that's That's all i ever exactly it that's exactly it (laughs) the ringling brothers bought out ford and the world got out of control absolutely absolutely <laughs> i mean and that's yeah that's kind of how i look at it and it's just like you uh, know and again i don't understand how those people will look at bad max and have all this psychological bullshit yeah that doesn't I mean, really exist and then they'll turn around and shit all over some action other action i just prefer right. escape new york that's a simple you know, one and yeah, done exactly totally uh hero who's not really a hero an anti-hero yeah. who must yeah do an impossible task that he has no faith in, but he does the impossible mission anyway because exactly. at the end of the day, he gets the one thing he wants: yeah. freedom. And 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 that's the thing that for me is was still really missing in Fury Road is like I, I I don't know who the real hero was and what their motivation was. Truly, I don't. Absolutely. Like, I mean, like or hate the new Blade Runner, I at least applauded the right. first twenty minutes. The rebuilding the world that was built right. thirty plus years ago. And now they're going their own way with the storyline. And I think a lot of people too much want to just reference earlier shots or they want to insert a new storyline. For me, the problem I had with the new Blade Runner was I didn't care about the characters. Oh, let's see. And this is what I like about this. That it, it, and, and this is what I like when people outline what's working or not working the scene. So many people will just Mm -hmm. go to the basics. It's too long, yada, yada. No, I do or do not like the story. Yeah, no, I, the story is fine. The problem is, is when I when I when I think of the original Blade Runner, which is one of my favorite all time movies, I think it's brilliant because, in spite of what Roy Batty has done, the just squishing people's heads and just the, the and just like Gladiator, the actor uh, was bigger than the role just, and went beyond yeah. the script. But just he was such an evil robot basically but right at the very end he wants emotion you feel sorry for him yes. even for him you see that last scene you watch that and you feel sorry for him absolutely he was always to me when i saw how star trek next gen and other movie even mm-hmm. robocop interpreted 
interpreted yeah. cyborgs i always got that same kind of just from uh blade runner where it's like yeah. they're they're doing what most cyberpunk novel adaptations just fail to do show the so nature just, of a machine and if there's any huh. semblance of a human emotion Actually, in there yes and that's and that's what they did right at the very end it's like all through that, you're like, God, that guy's fucking evil. That, oh my! And then you see that last. Why scene, do I feel so sad for him? Because and that speech, I understand like, him. Exactly, you know. And that's the thing, and that's what I missed in the new Blade Runner. That 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 kind of a connection with the characters. The actors were great. It was well shot. It looked, you know, it looked great. No, that's fine. But, and but, at least you can you know, explain it. I saw so many people who went to it, and they hadn't seen the original. And they thought they were getting into a Matrix movie. I'm like, well, yes and no. It was kind of the oh. Matrix of its day, but this is just pure cyberpunk, like altered carbon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is, yeah, this is not, yeah, no, exactly. This is not Matrix. This is future real Matrix world. is like a, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's what I call a Cliff Notes version, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And exactly. easier, more accessible. But yes. there's other people who, I mean, Dark City is another one. That was one never watch that on tv they chop it up so bad yeah. where stuff does not make sense there, there's there's a director's cut now yeah and i, I i'm tempted to get the blu-ray yeah. but it's just I, interesting how some I, movies what, deserve that, that's what i watched the other night is the director's cut some yeah. show, some versions yeah. are just better than other movies i yeah. i can only watch the extended cut of lord of the rings i know that's a big time suck but there's right. so much extra detail that is enhances right. my enjoyment of the movie uh, same thing if you want to do t2 extended with the flashbacks right. that knock yourself out i i have been introducing people lately to the uncut versions of right heaven's gay water world and johnny okay. demonic those are way different movies but it's hard to imagine if you've seen the uncut or we the always, cut up theatrical version which is you know awful we, we always call that johnny submaronic but <laughs> submaronic yeah and i i'm when watching this director's cut it's like there's no way this is going to be better but it was rescored, re-edited. Oh, it's, really? The new it's version? A, it's a way different beginning, huh. so you actually know oh. what the fuck's going on. You okay. get more scenes with the villains. Right. Because so that was the biggest problem. It's more like a Blade Runner type movie. When you watch it, the cut-up version that most people outside right. of Japan saw, it was a confusing Total Recall movie. You're like, I don't care why everyone's killing okay. each other, and this is hammy. It looks huh. like a Babylon Five episode. That's not right. Shot. You know, it's just... I'll have to watch that. I'll have to watch that then. I'll have to watch the recap. Uh, because, I will email you. Because, I mean, because I remember when I was when I saw the original, the V cut the, that everybody's seen. I mean, yeah, there were things that in it that I liked, but when it felt I like a B picture, I was just like, budget. "What the fuck is this?" You know? It's yeah. Like it was, yeah. Exactly. So I'll have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Huh. But but I but I get it. Some movies. I mean, I saw that people doing this with the Snyder Cut of Justice League. I saw people doing this, again, you know, with Heaven's Gate or Waterworld. If you right. have a bad association with a movie, I mean, there's some movies where you could tell me we all have a little bit of a apprehensions about some things. If someone right. told me there's a better version of Mommy Dearest or, I don't right. know, some movie I don't care for, it's going right. to be really hard to convince me, yeah, you know, you should sit through it again. But some movies are really worth it. It's just... If there's a better cut of yeah. Fury Road, I will actually sit down and watch it. You know, I, you know, it's funny because I think that if there's uh, more character development that might make me love the movie. Maybe there is, and maybe there's stuff that should have been cut out. You know, yeah. maybe it's too long because some people know, do maybe. fan edits, and mm -hmm. those are fun. And at the same time, I'm not really 
as forward as I probably should be because I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think a perfect movie that would benefit from a fan edit would be Hateful Eight. Yeah, because take a, that, the parts of the Netflix cut and the theatrical oh cut, God, and that so actually much, worked. There's so much bullshit in that that doesn't need to be in there. Yeah, first off, you know, and you know, I bet that movie, if it was cut down to an hour and a half, would be a really good movie. It's there's it's, always movies you wait for a third version to pop up on cable yeah. TV or what that, have you. That's probably one of my least. No, that is my least favorite Tarantino movie. Yeah, no, I and you mentioned Stallone earlier. I was I would like a better version of the TV version of Cobra incorporated with the theatrical cut. <laughs> right, exactly. Because exactly. because uh, the TV edit, people were like, "Wow, this is way more intense and has a lot of character development." I'm like, well, he cut it out because yeah, cause, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's deleted scenes that need. I think I saw that with Aragon yeah. was one. It was kind of an infamous dragon movie, but I saw the deleted scenes as like, uh. That told me everything I need to know about the prophecies and right. the magic, and they cut it I, out. Yeah, it's two minutes. Why they cut it out? Yeah, weird, isn't it? It's weird how they just cut some things out because studios think audiences are too dumb, and then they think, oh, they don't want to see that. They want sex and yeah. violence, and they'll yeah. do it even with kids' movies. They use that logic. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. they just want to see guns and fire you, and magic. Man, when we're working on stuff and we're mixing stuff, and they have added lines that they'll pop in there just last to... minute last minute to re to read like for example well we should add that line in there so the audience remembers that that's the character that they've been watching for the last 20 episodes um <laughs> like you can spot a network note a mile away like literally always yeah, the pilot is oh, always different yeah. in the main movie you yeah. can tell yeah. i mean i'm the worst i i'm not a cinema sins guy who goes and oh look at this and that but i will find moments yeah. where it's like okay that's a stand-in or stunt right? double the yeah. hand's different uh, my, my yeah. sister's the biggest at just the locations he's like there's no plant right. like that and i'm like okay no they filmed it in georgia <laughs> they didn't film yeah. it in louisiana <laughs> exactly exactly yeah no and it is what yeah. it is but like you say it, we, we see it so much because there's just always like five last minute things he's like oh, exactly looks different exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now another thing i think that happens a lot is people will like a movie because the insane amount of publicity and promotion that it gets yes um, they, they it's now even more dead in the water the internet's the worst people are more likely to pull up a tmz article it's yeah. and then yeah. i will see people who will even gawk and go oh i just saw the trailer i'm like the trailer's not the movie. You have to right. actually see exactly. the movie before you can rate yeah. it. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that, um, I, I mean, I've seen so... we got a lot of Nazis online. I don't know if most of that's out of toxicity of music or gaming culture, but... I don't know. It's, I mean, you commented already on one of your shorts, but it's just, it's just one of those uh, where eventually you have to just do an extra reminder for people, just shut it out. There's yeah, this block exactly. button on social media. Just move the hell yeah. on. There's and, and always going to be a douchebag. There's for me, always going to be someone. Also, for me also, when when they're doing promotion for a film, if they talk more about how a movie was made, mm -hmm. or on set, or... Biggest giveaway. Or, you know, how much it costs, or how intense the shooting schedule was, and stuff like that, that, to me, is nine times out of ten a dead giveaway for, like, 
they this, didn't enjoy making it so this is a shit movie this they're is not proud a of it movie. they're not proud of it but they've got to talk about something so let's talk about the budget and let's talk about you know which often offers them up to more ridicule i hate how people right. act like oh where'd all that money go to it's like yeah. you know where it went to it went to the names and then that's it went exactly to the facts it. then that's exactly it you know a lot of times i'm just like you know and another th- another pet peeve of mine is when I'm watching a movie and I can tell they spent more time thinking about the cinematography and how they were going to shoot it than I they did. Love how this man thinks, guys. Than they did working on the actual script, because yeah, you know, okay, I loved Hotel Budapest. I thought I loved that movie. I I think it's a great movie. And then he comes out with the French Dispatch. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like I I. <laughs> Hey, actually, I I turned it off after forty five minutes because I was just done. It was I had had enough of it, and to me that was a perfect example where there was so much focus put on, <laughs> in my opinion, how it was going to look and how it was going to be shot versus the actual storyline. Exactly. And, you know, and it's just like, you know. Anyone who thinks any filmmaker is consistent is like, no. There's going to be Kubrick films you don't care for. There's going to oh be. My God. Kubrick is a perfect example. And, you know, I I can be blasphemous about this, but (laughs) I remember when I was, I think it was about 14 when I saw 2001. Okay, I went to the theater, watched it. Oh, really? Yeah, I came out. I'm old. I'm (laughs) 60 next year. Aren't we all? (laughs) So um, I saw it, came out, and I was like, what the fuck was that? So then I watched it when I was in my 20s. I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> gorgeous looking film, you know, like this, you know, it was, there's things in it that was just so far ahead of its time, but it's a shit film. On the other hand, Clockwork <laughs> Orange is one of my favorite films. I think well, it is funny Orange how, I mean, we were talking about brilliant. the same formulas. It's funny how some of them, we we then have to go in and unfortunately even revisit the movie we don't like and then we have to basically outline see this introduces the story better this framing and yeah. then the maybe the music stood out better and uh, i mean you mentioned oh, dark city i made the mistake of seeing one of those cuts that had the narration that was put in i think like blade runner there's a na- version that doesn't have oh, as much narration did, did the original have dark city have narration in it I think the theatrical did. <laughs> huh, because because I watch it because again the director's like, cut they took it out because that was the studio cut. note. <laughs> yeah, the director's cut is really great because it did not have any VO. There you go. I need to yeah. watch the that yeah. version because that's a better version. But like you say, it's just so many people will. The, uh, I'm glad you brought up 2001 versus Clockwork Orange because yeah, it is interesting what sci-fi. It's another tricky thing. I see a lot of mm-hmm. people who they want the fantasy element that they get from Willow or Star Wars, and it's like, well, that's right. not hard sci-fi. And then, yeah. yeah, when they go into sci-fi, they want again a Total Recall or Blade Runner type movie, and it's like, well, it doesn't have to be gritty or R-rated. It's and there's there's plenty of movies that I think significantly, have, you know, because again, okay, here's here's the other thing too. Like, okay, you take something like 2001, and then people say. Well, you have to read the book and then you'll get it. I shouldn't, I, have, to, I shouldn't have to read the fucking book. That's why I'm watching a movie. Yeah. If I wanted to read the book, I'd go read the fucking book. 
I mean, but this is where we are kind of with the last two Avengers. Avengers Free is kind yes. of a more making a tribute to 90s movies. Uh, part four is kind of more a comic book fan yeah. movie. And it's like, well, so unfortunately, you're going to get more of an impact if you've seen the other movies or if you've seen the comics. And the best sequels, right. the best movies are the ones where I don't have to see a single you know, page you or no, plot exactly. description. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so that's you know, or or if people have to write a dissertation to to explain a movie, it's a bad movie. You know, I, I don't I don't want to go and read a fucking ten page dissertation on how, why a movie is good. If a movie is good, um, people should be able to like it for a variety. Of, if it's of like a Tartovsky kind of movie where you don't understand it all, but you're very fascinated by it, that that's the difference between that and maybe right. something like, I mean, I'm kind of this way with Nolan. I find plot holes yeah. in Inception, oh but I overall like the whole thing, even I, though I actually, for me personally, I think Inception was one of his last, in my opinion. I, I'm the same way. Yeah, really good movies because I I, I I examine Tenet and I'm like. <laughs> It doesn't really mean anything the more I think about it, and I'm not no. sure I enjoyed it. Well, and he abandoned some of his own his own his rules, his, his own rules that he sets up early on in the movie. He suddenly abandons them halfway through the film, which I find really annoying. Yeah. And, um, another big pet peeve of mine. It's not him evolving; it's him kind of just being random. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and what was the other one? Um, the one about the invasion. Um, Dunkirk. Are you talking? Oh yeah, Dunkirk. Yeah, the real word. My biggest complaint with Dunkirk. Now I grew up in Europe, so I knew all about Dunkirk. I knew about what it entailed. Now, if somebody who has never, who never knew anything about Dunkirk, watched that movie, you would have the idea that this was a handful of boats that went over there to rescue these guys off of the beach. Mm-hmm. It was a massive flotilla of boats that went over. It was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fishing boats and trawlers and stuff like that that went over and rescued thousands of these guys not a couple hundred that were standing around on the beach hanging out Mm -hmm. but thousands of these guys that were stuck on the beach you don't get that from the movie no you'd never know that that was that massive of an undertaking i know it's cliche but yeah watch any other war movie and you'll get a sense if you have to I'm the same way with some of these period piece movies. Sometimes, unfortunately, you got to read extra history book because some of them, as well acted and well crafted as they are, is like, yeah, I, unless you know about yeah. this or that, and it's you not know, I mean, common knowledge. The funny thing is, then when they came out with Darkest Hour about Churchill and that mm-hmm. whole thing, they actually did a better representation of Dunkirk than he did in the entire fucking movie. I, you know, it's yeah. it's. Like how can how I I don't and I don't understand how why he did it that way because he and it's really hard to do because then they, I mean they kind of had this I think with uh, Passive Glory and other movies some right. movies want to show you the bloodlust crowd who are expecting firefights and then there's others yeah. who want to just get a sense and a feel you know, of if, the recreation. If, if, if he would have at least shown this huge flotilla of boats leaving england to go pick these guys up then you'd have a sense of the the you know the true size or just at least one or two extra scenes maybe just one extra narration just saying what did you see you saw like 
two or three fucking boats. I felt I mean, like he was too busy trying to recreate Letters from Me with Jima or Saving Private Ryan. Exactly. It's like, right. if I want to see that, I'll just see it again. I'll go see that. But if you're going to call a movie <laughs> Dunkirk, then help people understand what that operation really was. And Please. It, it really fell short for me in that. It Where really... movies are at their best is much like any good Vice Squad show or gangsters coming together in a private you know, meeting room talking about right. their next turf war. It's so great when you see a war movie and they show you the strategy and you give you an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you well, know, I mean, I, we were soldiers I, did that. Uh, yeah, well, I, th- I actually think Band of Brothers was really Band great. Band of Brothers would do that. They would get, really? get them together and they're writing it literally on their gun yeah. or a piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. You know, another good series that's out right now actually is, is Rogue Heroes. It's about the creation of... Oh my God, it's about the creation of the SAS in World War II. Oh yes, yes, yes. I've been meaning to see that. Jack O'Connell, love that man. We actually watched the documentary of the same name where they actually have interviews with the original guys. Oh, did they really? (laughs) And literally we watched the documentary and then we're watching the series more because we'd watched the first episode of the series. And as we're watching the series, it held it's it's held so true to form of actually what happened. It's frightening. Like they, everything they described in the documentary, they actually show you in the series. It's not, you know, of course it's dr- dramatized a little more, but really all these events actually happened. As as that was a good point too. I was on uh, the lovely uh, Not a Bomb podcast, and we were talking about how some of the science in that stupid movie um moonfall is real but you don't know it because you're so caught up in all the other just right not even trying to suspend disbelief just mindless crap so it is (laughs) interesting how you know like you say the right craftsman the right person who can outline it instead of just go for a money shot equivalent you know is to actually yeah to actually film it you know, and there are those who want to film it like a Super Bowl ad, and that's fine. Do what yeah. you've been hired to do. But there's yeah. others. It's like if they've given you all this freedom and millions, you got no excuse to not plan. <laughs> no, I, I agree, and that's that's the thing that I find disappointing. Is just like, you know, and again back to Fury Road, you can say, well, you know, it, it, you know, the way it was shot and stuff like that was like when you have a budget like that. First off, it better fucking look good. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you still couldn't have a plot. You know, I mean, that's just the bare fucking minimum. And... Just, or at least just something to like us. Yeah. Like, uh, I got into this argument with uh, 71 Into the Fire. I, I did not care for how it was filmed and just very shaky and Which difficult. Which uh, 71 Into the Fire. It was about I haven't seen that. IRA riots and everything. Okay. And, uh, I loved, again, I love Jack O'Connell on, uh, you know, the guy you just brought up from Rogue Heroes right. from Unbroken. And uh, me and my sister were like, we already don't care about these Patriot Games type villains. And I got into yeah. an argument with one person who was like, it's not a period piece drama. I'm like, then mm-hmm. why did they show an opening of London and say 1971? Right. I mean, it's in the yeah. title. You can't tell it, me it's not a period. It, it is a period piece. That's or historical fiction, something. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things. It is not a mindless action movie like you guys are making it out to be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's there's gonna be some <laughs> in fact in in that film. You know, how can it uh, not what's be? It about? What's what's seventy? What's what's it about? Uh, it was uh, basically about British troop, uh, uh, Ireland, uh, just 
troubles with you know just various military right. policemen having to stop IRA attacks and I applauded for the premise. The premise was what got me. I saw some people saying it's a realistic diehard type, you know, dog day afternoon type movie. And right. I, we were just very confused by the plot. And I, again, just so much shakiness. And th this is where I'm noticing people vary on too. Just like with car chases, some car mm -hmm. chases kind of put you to sleep and some, yeah. again, kind of like Terminator and Die Hard make you say, I want to follow these guys around because exactly. it's moving the story forward. And I will applaud Mad Max for doing that for the most part. I didn't get that necessarily with Fury Road. It could have been just one car chase and that would have been good. But yeah, exactly. it's funny how, where, where do you range on car chases? Because it seems like they can be like French Connection. Other times it's just like Bullet where that's literally the only thing anyone remembers. Right, exactly. Um, good or bad. I think the famous one is the original Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah, the, that's, that's literally the whole movie. The entire second half of the movie. A Jackie Chan movie. It's all yeah. about the stunts. And but you know this is the thing you know that going into it I think I think car chases um, I think yeah they're very I think they're very hard to do and they're very hard to choreograph and you know if it serves the movie then yeah I mean like you know you have uh, like you said the French Connection it's funny I was reading I was watching a documentary about the director um, and believe it or not that entire car chase uh, was not permitted and completely shot guerrilla style uh they had, <laughs> i do i do recall that like, there was some interview i think um, on speed channel um, that was Friedkin himself actually operated the camera because he wasn't going to put his dp <laughs> in that in that situation he, he said no i'm gonna he, do this yeah and, and, and those are the kind of people i like the ones yeah. who take responsibility for something that's a gray area it's like, exactly. I have and to break so the law to get this good shot. They literally broke the law. They were just, that was not, like, streets were not blocked off. Um, yeah. What you mm -hmm. saw is what what went on. And so I... The reactions are authentic. Get out of the way. That's exactly it. Honk, honk, that's honk. exactly it. So it's, that, and that's a pretty... And, and again, we care about it. the outcome. We know well, at a, the end of this car chase, he will or that's won't. That's exactly it. it. It served a purpose. And when I think whenever a car chase doesn't have a purpose, that's that's when you have yeah. A I, you look at Lethal Weapon one, the the final car chase gets to the end of the movie. You look at Lethal yeah. Weapon four, there's like three extra car chases, and you're just like, who cares? Uh, so that that's a sequel I can only watch in segments. It's just yeah. too much. It's steroids. Yeah, it is. Once you're yeah. over the age of fourteen, it doesn't mean anything. It, it doesn't, and that's the thing, right? It's like it becomes. Uh. It just becomes wallpaper, really. It's like it's like yes. it's like when you have too much music in in a film or a series. The kind of wallpaper you want to tape something over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the problem is, so. is that then when you need the music to do something, it means nothing. And so it's kind mm -hmm. of the same. I, I think it's kind of this for me. It's the same thing with with is with action films. Is like if you have nonstop action the whole time. Too much of a good thing. It's just it's just too much. You know, you, you you need you need your hills and valleys to 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 give the audience time to recover from. But that's, I think, what makes a good action film. They understand that, you know, you look at the first John Wick, which, again, I think that's an action film. John Wick that, is a good example that equalizer and taken that uh, you're seeing so much of stuff that people would complain about in like maybe a Bruce Lee or a James Bond or even a born identity movie and somehow it works more to the masses there and no one can seem to explain it unless you actually sit down with fans of the genre it's yeah. interesting how 
some people can totally explain to you i love it and i don't even like keanu reeves and there's others like oh i like keanu but i i really dig the crime underworld and everything and then there's others right. who i don't get it maybe i'm just I'm cynical and lost interest in the genre it's right it's, it's a great well, predicament I, I i love a good action film um unfortunately i think when they turn you know i this is okay like you take john wick the first one is great mm-hmm. second one's second one's okay yeah i think i just think they're getting worse and worse because how far can you take that same premise? I really only dug the plot thing. twist in part three, but again, yeah, you know? it's... I mean, the thing that made the first yeah. one so great was that he did all that because he killed his fucking dog. It was done, and, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and we could kind of get an idea of where he goes in the storyline off screen exactly. in the last minute. But yeah, th- there's some people who I know who like the sequels more and more, and I'm like, no, yeah. I, I, I like to keep it simple. Really too. Yeah, the first one was really, really good. Um, you know, the way that they show you who he really is as a person, you know, once you actually see the wife up, die, and then you're just like, you see him destroyed as a man, you, while he's burying you his care dog. about him, yeah. you care about him, you know, you understand his pain. First, he loses his wife, and like he says, the last thing she left for him, they fucking kill, and it's a dog. And I tell you, you kill a dog on screen. You're fucking dead. <laughs> you know yeah. It's the like, easiest trigger. Yeah. You know, I mean, we were. I also mixed Mayans. And last season, there was a scene where they. I saw that was on your resume. That. How was that? <laughs> it, it's it's fun, actually. The uh, the 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 showrunner, um, the new showrunner and and uh, the crew on that and the actors are so nice every there, there's actually a perfect example of um when the new showrunner took over he's was he is very much one of those inclusive people of getting making sure everybody feels involved and it shows oh that's it cool on screen. yeah um but there was a, there was a scene where he's talking to his girlfriend who, who, who well someone who he wants to be his girlfriend and she works at a dog rescue place and they're um, <clears throat> having this conversation about something. And at the same time, she's u- u- euthanizing a dog. Mm-hmm. And I told the showrunner afterwards, like, you can't kill any more dogs. You just can't do that. I don't care how many people you kill. No more dog killing. <laughs> yeah, Yellowstone <laughs> did that in one episode. So, like, Thank God what, that was one brief five-second yeah, subplot. But that's, that's what made... That's what made you, in my opinion, really feel about why he reacted the way. And they, it wasn't a joke, but they were in on it, so to speak. They knew what they were doing, unlike other movies where you feel like that was pretty insecure or that was exactly thought. Uh, There's been plenty of time, infamous moments on TV where it's like they had it planned out, but yeah, however it was done, it felt like an afterthought, and it's like. Well, no, this you can was... tell me all day this was planned and this and that. I, I felt like that person getting assaulted or killed yeah. was insensitive and just gratuitous. And yeah, it, exactly. Sometimes yeah. maybe the director of the episode wasn't thinking. Maybe yeah. it was a bunch of reshoots and it felt robotic. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that that's the thing too with, with, with good action films. All the all the action has to serve a purpose. And I think... Please, something. Action, it's, in some action films, it's as bad as gratuitous sex. If there's 
yes no reason for if it's just to see some girl naked then what's the point the same I, thing with the movie like if you're a trashy b picture then you already know that you're pretty lowbrow that makes sense but yeah if you're being yeah. bigger yeah. and yeah. better then so, there's really no excuse yeah exactly so it's yeah um so again back to fury road i just i honestly can't <laughs> i i can't I can't remember any of the real, and I got to be honest, with you, I can't remember any of the real action scenes. They they made no impact on me whatsoever. Whereas when I think back on John Wick, like pretty much every fucking action scene in that movie, I can I can say John Wick right now, and there's a myriad of scenes in that movie that pop right into my head that happen. Right, and you remember the villain, and you love their comeuppance, or exactly when the hero doesn't defeat them. You know, it, it is. Yeah unfortunately you know every even the franchises we praised you know have done it bad like i don't remember anyone in the crystal skull indiana jones i don't oh my god that, well, let's be honest so that is the absolute worst indiana jones movie like well, i when, i remember a scene in it the the fridge they, but it's for the wrong reasons you know when, when they came out with the ufo i was like what the fuck are you doing mm-hmm. I, and i gotta say i've seen the trailer for the new one and i have to honestly say it actually looks fucking amazing uh, i i've been stoked but see yeah for for a guy who doesn't watch trailers i look at the talent involved and then i look yeah. at the outline and i'm like i'll take a chance on you and yeah. that was, no, that, I, was I saw the trail i'm like oh god i gotta see this and i watched it i'm like that looks like uh, it's gonna be really uh, good then movie. i'm excited for it even more then you I know mean, <laughs> the original vibe is there uh there's 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 i i look at i i think of the trailer and i'm like it really makes me want to see it you know as opposed to other trailers that i've seen that actually turn me off i don't want to see them at all you yeah know? Uh, so uh, yeah. comedies are the worst they'll play you know yeah. everybody dance now or some other 90s hit while there's a bunch of unrelated physical yeah. gags that are poorly exactly. sped up so you don't know if it's good or not and you don't even know if that's only in the trailer or just you know in the movie itself and like you say you know it's just it's easy to nitpick because trailers you know they're not in studio anymore so it's i I know you know but for those that don't yeah but it's but it's like have faith in your word well yeah it's like it's not even about nitpicking it's just like sometimes i'll see them and i'm just like who who wants off, to see this why is everyone excited how did it even get greenlit and i then i have that even with movies i'll watch and i'll i'll be watching this movie and go who the hell greenlit this they actually went they they read the script <laughs> and they actually made it and someone's on record as saying i'm making a masterpiece so you're like, uh, it's like what and it's like wow it's like you know sometimes it does make me wonder it's like no wonder to an extent that the movie industry is is in the problems it's in sometimes because it really does make me wonder who are making these decisions to greenlight certain things. No and wonder I, some people stop going to the movies altogether. They well, just that's would exact, rather that's watch exactly. a book or a movie that yeah. they've grown up loving. And and I know that I know Warner Brothers since they got taken taken over by Discovery has gotten a oh, lot of yeah. flack, a lot of flack for shelving movies. But I understand. I I do understand because you shoot a Okay, like the the Batgirl movie, I guess, or Batwoman, whatever the fuck it's called. Anyway, 
Yeah. Do you know how bad the screening must have been for them to shelve it? Um, I, uh, there must have been a lot of people walking out, but see, you know, then, then I blame maybe the editing team because I know in the past I, they hired. I well, but here's the thing: um, a cast can't make up for a shitty script. No, I get that. I'm just more mad uh-huh. that someone didn't have it to show on their demo reel or what have you, if it was good. Well, I mean, the problem there, of course, is the fact that then they can't write it off. You know, this this is the thing. It's that everybody got paid, um, so they can't complain about that. But but I do understand because, um, you know, if the movie costs eighty million, they're probably going to spend that again on promotion just to sell it. Maybe. So I mean, got- I was more mad that they greenlit a Flash sequel when that already is kind of like Morbius, where people hate yeah. the main star, people already aren't looking forward to it, and they already greenlit it before it yeah. comes out. Now, the, the flip side of that is that, okay, if they're going to greenlight, if they're already greenlighting a second Flash, then the first one has got to be pretty fucking amazing. I mean, think about that. There might be. It might even be a Suicide Squad, where now they're like, okay, makeover you know we're remodeling you know <laughs> well maybe you know if they do a, a just like the one, whole maybe, maybe they will replace the flash in the second one but uh, that, yeah they could even you really, be like you, really, you really have to think if if the current flash film that's going to be released is going to be released then considering that they shelved batgirl because of lackluster response from it's got to be. I think it's got to be pretty fucking good. I, I, Regardless, I of, you, you know what I mean. It's like because if they're willing to shelve movies, I mean, I just don't in general it. trust someone whose only experience is making reality TV. Really, <laughs> that's right. Well, I, I, I'm not disagreeing, but they, yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you there. But you know, knowing how these studios work, you know, they would have. They would I mean, there must have been a better, like you say, audience reception. Well, that's the thing. Their their focus groups were clearly far more positive than they were for Batgirl. And I mean, I I just listened to... Totally, and I I just got done listening. Because clearly, they have no problem shelving a fucking movie that's finished. That's pretty obvious. Something's going on, yeah. (laughs) So, something is going on. So, either... I I, I can only think that... And and I'm, I'm not really excited about seeing it whatever it's just enough because i'm actually completely fucking over superhero movies i don't care what's <laughs> i don't care who's making them i'm just franchise oh, fatigue with something forbes oh my about. god yeah and that's the, the what only, we're experiencing funny thing is in my opinion the only good superhero shows on right now are the boys and peacemaker oh yeah because <laughs> that's like Deadpool. that's like the anti yeah exactly right we'll return after these messages Hello and welcome to Culture Shocked, the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions. Join us every Tuesday as we discuss movies, TV, games, and even music, new and old. Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, For instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy, easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. No, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, Nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga. Right, guys? That comment, 
is so ridiculous. I don't even know where to Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at Breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast sci-fi horror fantasy superheroes comedy action film television maybe some not so current events find us on itunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com cool thing about blind knowledge is we are in multiple countries we are worldwide all across the globe we are in the u.s we are in the uk we are in canada germany india japan we're in australia y'all blindknowledge.com now back to the feature presentation. But the current, and I got to, I mean, again, I loved the first Captain America. I loved, yeah, you know, Iron Man. I, I, I think they're great movies, but I'm so fucking over them. Um, right, we don't need a gazillion. So like, not, nothing I, needs more than seven. Police Academy I, stopped after a while. Yeah, um, I will say this, this last Batman movie is really good. You know, that was really I well done. I couldn't get into it. But no, maybe it's because I've seen Batman too much of it, you know? I don't... Well, I, I think that what was good about it is the grittiness and moving away from the... Um, that I will applaud it. I, I just had more issues I mean? with just all the casting and three-hour runtime. I like. I, well, I, I, I do think the three-hour runtime, they've got to get away from that. It's They've got to fucking stop doing that bullshit. If you can't tell it in the... And, and stop. Ask, I mean, two hours like max. It, uh, and... Have it be its own thing. It doesn't yeah. need a sequel. I, I, I know. This, it this, takes this, free books, and that's my biggest complaint too with all this stuff. It's like, wow. Imagine if the first Lord of the Rings, if New Line Cinema had said, you know what, we don't like this test audience, and Fellowship just ends it there. That movie is garbage. <laughs> if it ends just like that with yeah. Gandalf yeah. and everyone yeah, in exactly. dying, oh my god, yeah. you'd be yeah. you'd be pissed. You'd be like, yeah. I got a movie that starts off good and then goes downhill. Exactly. So, so again, back to Batgirl. How did it get greenlit if the script was that bad? It really does make you wonder. And you know, I I, like... I I really don't feel like with all the rewriters they hire, I really don't think they do a, enough table reads they they're so worried about 
that's the other thing if the actors if, are investor based they're not based on if, where they can do the role well there's that absolutely but you're you know that's my question about the whole rewrite thing it's like well, then why did you green light the script in the first place it's just because it, it's, they, it's not maybe bad that it needs rewrites you know and i mean they own, I the, see, they own dc so it doesn't it's yeah. not a rights issue i mean like, i i can see bringing somebody into you know, do some little touch-ups, but if you're doing major rewrites, then why do you greenlight the original script? I don't understand that. You yeah, know, absolutely. I mean, I thought, I thought, like Birds of Prey is unwatchable. <laughs> I, it's so awful. That was basically it's... the Warriors, but with Harley Quinn, and yeah, oh that, my, I don't, God. I, I felt like a lot of the lines were improvised on. Oh, that. I well, that yeah, you know, maybe I, I had be fun, but I can't I blame you. It's not a movie I'd watch again. It was one of those you know? one time kind of dumb kind of like how did that how did that script get greenlit i i don't understand oh, I, even with the casting like make sure oh, the casting's good so we don't have to do a terrence howard is now played by don Cheadle or ed norton right mark ruffalo you know i mean look look at the first uh look at the first suicide squad it's just like there were characters appearing in that movie out of nowhere they hired the honest trailers team to re-edit it which is already a big mistake you know those guys yeah. are doing five-minute viral videos. Yes, exactly. I, I was watching su the first Suicide Squad. At least the second one is fun. It's entertaining. The first one was like, where did that guy come from? There, there's parts I like and don't like about each one. I mean, part two is kind of more of a comedy. And part one, totally. to get to but, the good stuff, you got to suffer for the Joker crap. And Yes, so, yeah. exactly. I, I thought the Joker in, in, in the first one was just awful and it went on just too long so it's just it like totally and yeah. i know there's a different cut of it out there but that's just it we'll, we'll never see that cut yeah so you know it's 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 weird that certain movies get greenlit um and again i i i don't understand how they could greenlit a movie that's going to cost 80 million dollars and then shelve it why did you shoot it in the but on the flip side i will say this maybe the new management came in and wasn't looking at, oh, but we we need to do it because this person is, you know, was working on it. Maybe they just literally looked at it and went, yeah, but it's a bad movie. We're not going to spend another $80 million exactly. promoting it. You know, um, so again, I think we get back to the same point of sometimes it's people look too hard at who wrote it and who directed it versus is this any good? Yeah, they they, they don't know whether yeah the premise was already not going to work or how exactly. the production itself was screwed up there wasn't yeah. enough time to flesh it out and uh a, a good podcast if you haven't listened to uh, have you listened to the turner classic movies the plot thickens no really delightful again you know it's tcm so they bring some great experts on but it's you know they pick a different storyline you know each 10 episode uh podcast season and season two was a real highlight because they examined what went wrong behind the scenes on uh, Bonfire of the Vanities. It was really neat to just see how, you know, the actors, you know, who were explained as being, you know, critiqued as being miscast, you know, wanted to do right. it because it was a different role. They were hot properties back then. The directors yeah. thought, hey, this is my shot to be more mainstream and Again, the studio attested well, and they never liked typically most stuff that's screened for them, but they found it impossible to market. And it was one of those, yeah. why didn't you guys think about that before you did? And same deal. Whoever greenlit it had already left 
and taken over, you know, Sony. Right. <laughs> he left Warner Brothers for Sony, and it's like, well, the guy who started this show didn't go down with the ship. So, <laughs> right, yeah, you know, that's kind of in the music industry that would happen all the time, where a band would get signed by an A and R guy, mm-hmm. the manager. The that, yeah, <laughs> well, well, or between so between the time that they got signed to the time the record got released, that A and R guy is now fired. They brought somebody new in. The guitarist quits, breaks his yeah. leg. Yeah. But, so they bring this new A and R guy in. It's not his band. He doesn't give a shit. So the record goes nowhere because uh, the A and R guy is going to push the bands that he wants to push. The new in charge of you know That's programming. Right. It's yes. They don't want anything so, to do with the last version. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly it, and it happens, you know, all the time in these big companies and, um. I think that there's films that fall by the wayside because of that. And exactly. So it sounds like Bonfire of the Vanities was. They, they said, yeah, yeah dead on arrival. There's, there, there's a there's a great TV show. Uh, I forget the name of it. And they talk about all these great hit movies that were made that almost didn't get made because. Oh, yeah. Best unproduced scripts. I think something like that. Best movies well, never like, made. No, no, it's movies that did end up getting made in spite of the studio. Oh, how did this get made? Well, we're talking like movies like fucking Ghostbusters, Home Alone, stuff like that. <clears throat> um, so it's not how did this get made? Oh, I, I think it was. I think it was Home Alone was the one where. Oh, the movies that and, make us. Yes. Yes, the movies that make us. That's Netflix. it. Yes, and it's great. And it's you see these things and these decisions that these people at movie studios have made. Like Home Alone was supposed to be a, <laughs> I think it was supposed to, it was supposed to be at another studio. Right. And they got yeah. so fucking, you know, I guess nervous or whatever. They were, they were, they were, they were in the middle of starting to shoot, literally. So they much cleanup that had to happen. And they, they wanted to come in and shut the production down. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but a copy of, there were some shenanigans that went on so that when um, they tried to shoot, uh, shut the movie down, they were able to take it over to Fox and fire the producer that was on the film. Nice. And, it's, and, then, and of course, it went on to be this huge fucking hit. Um, oh, totally. And... A lot, and, and so many of those huge hit movies um, were made in spite of the studio's involvement. You know, so you know right and yeah you can't replicate it <laughs> yeah exactly so you know i think um i think the problem with the my whole thing with i think execs both in tv and, and film is that their job is to sell the movie and i was i was at a i was at a uh that's industry, why it often won't line up with what the director is saying you know? well I, I i was at an industry thing and they were talking about i forget what um show it was but anyway it was a um i think it was the history channel <laughs> and they had um the the head of the the network there and um somebody asked the question how involved are you once you've greenlit a series he says you know as far as input and stuff like that he says we're not at all so we hire the people that we hire we sign the projects that we sign because we trust in them our job is to sell it we do not get involved with the actual production side of it 
which I think is great. You know, it's like that's and that's the whole thing. It's a total rarity too. There's always it, it is a rarity, and that's person. the problem. I, and I think, you know, when executives want to be creatives, my whole thing is like, well, then you go direct and write your own thing. I think a perfect example where that whole thing went completely sideways was at Paramount when um, this exec whose five-year-old son came up with an idea for a TV show called Monster Trucks. I'm sure you've heard this story. <laughs> nice. Well, that movie was actually made. It was about monsters that live inside cars and trucks. Oh, jeez. And it was a, they spent a shit pile of money and it was a huge flop. Like, like massive flop. They lost so much money on that movie. And of course, as a result, that executive no longer works for Paramount anymore. I but think I did see that. It was on Epic's channel, and I was like, well, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, it was literally the idea of his five-year-old son, and he actually ran with it, and he got it green <laughs> And it was just like, when you read the premise, you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but they spent all this money. It's like, it's it's astounding that, that, that they can... That they can justify this and that. It's insane. Like it really is, you know, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. So. Yeah. And it just, it goes yeah. on and on and on. Yeah. So anyway, that was my rant for the day. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. It's so, yeah. It's a big uh, eye opener in a way. Yeah. It's yeah. like, and I, and I try to look at everything, you know, as an eBay bid. How much are you willing to spend? How much time are we willing to spend on it? You know, just like yeah. getting into a good show. <laughs> you know, I do wonder how long it'll take for the industry to move into a situation where a movie doesn't have to cost $150 million to make. It seems unheard of. It seems like you they know? can never justify it. It's just they're willing to spend X amount of millions. It it's, must it's, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, it, it always seems that no matter what, a movie for a major network, for major studios have to cost this obscene amount of money. And I think, you know, I think they can do them elsewhere for a lot less. Why? Why does? I mean, I think a perfect example is uh, the original uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is yeah. great. It's that's the original, ver the original foreign version is so much better than the U.S. version. Yet. So the, many of them. Is, yeah, is whereas, whereas the original version, I think the budget for it was $10 million. Um, But the David Fincher version was like $100 million. Oh, yeah. You know, same movie, what the fuck? Why Why does... It's a, it's, it's a walk and talk. It's a... Basically... Half of the time, it seems like everyone's doing what they're supposed to, and you don't know how much of it is the director really doesn't want to talk to anyone, and if all he had to literally say to the guy sent the messenger was, yeah, it's coming along great. It will not be a problem. If all you literally have to say is yes, it's hardly what yeah. I would call being a kiss ass. Just yeah, but I, if I you don't want them to go away, show them. I don't understand why the same movie can go from a $10 million budget in the foreign market to costing $100 million to make. I don't know if they're just not converting it the right way. Uh, sometimes when I listen in on those, uh, 
stuff that you know would get leaked like from sony is like wow that's what a studio zack actually said what a pig you know <laughs> right yeah actually saying yeah. that and everyone else is like oh well they're not weinstein but they're still a pig and it's like well right. yeah well, you're working it, with them <laughs> it's it's bizarre so i i do wonder if it'll get to the point where first off you know how much is how how really important is star power if you're having to spend that much more money to get the movie to break even, is it how much is is it is the star power? Because you know, I think a perfect example for me is okay. You take a movie like Parasite. Now let's be honest: the average American public has no fucking clue who the actors in that movie are. They don't know anything about the director, like <laughs> nothing. But somehow that became a Oscar winning film. So why does a foreign movie with actors that and a director behind it that the majority of the American public have no idea who the fuck they are? How come that can become an Oscar film? But if you make a movie like that over here with unknown actors and an unknown director, suddenly it's like not a viable fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, it perfect and another perfect example is back in the day was the full Monty. None mm -hmm. of the actors, none of the actors in that movie were known here at all. No. Huge and no one knew if it was going to be good. And yeah. I think Huge it was hit. made Huge just on movie. the cheap. It was. It was like I think it had like a two million dollar budget. Huge hit though. You know, but if you try and do something like that here, if you, as a filmmaker, if you're trying to make a a low budget film, well, who's your star? Well, nobody. I mean, let's be. Did anybody know really who any of the actors in Star Wars was, other than fucking Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi? Exactly. No. And again, he didn't have any faith in that. And if something like that had been leaked, people, you know, Star Wars would have not been a hit. It would have been, exactly. oh, we got these so tapes why? of Alec Guinness bitching on set. Oh, exactly <laughs> right. So and... why, why, why is it so? Um, why is it not viable to make you know, that word. good indie nice. films here? Uh, unless you can say, well, I at least I've got a B star in it. You know, it's like it's it's so odd. It's like you can't. Nobody's interested almost in in taking a risk on that. Whereas, right, I'm, and the people I'm who not, want something new ultimately cater to. But do audiences want to see it? Probably not. So yeah, exactly. I guess we're done. <laughs> so it's it's interesting that foreign films can do it, but homegrown uh, North American English speaking talent, we suddenly we can't. There's there's that barrier of and then we're worried about what it will make in China, even though we're not exactly. on good terms with them right now. And so it's exactly. like, you got to figure out your own market. But on, I think you could describe this as just like anything, just with politics and society. This is a systematic problem. Yeah, it is. And unfortunately, they don't want to solve it right now until you find the one who ultimately wants to try a different way of making yeah. money and because, offers you know, that idea. I, I honestly think that the audience is getting to the point where they don't really care about, you know, to an extent, who's the star of the movie. You know, I mean, exactly. I think there's, there's um, <clears throat> you know, I don't think 
um, I, I think that's why I, I mean I like a lot of, of British movies as well because when I'm watching a British movie I'm not seeing oh oh that's Brad Pitt playing this person you know what I mean it's like actor that is really talented that they earned this role i see why they were right yeah. for it yeah you know and and i think that that's the problem with a lot of of um north american films is that they uh you know you, it's hard to suspend you know belief when you know the lead actor is not a bum <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean yeah it's, and they're slogging it or they look unhappy and yeah, so it's, it's even more subjective when it's one of their best roles and yeah they, they they're so close to it they just they don't want to talk about yeah, it exactly i i think that i think for certain types of films i think a star actually detracts from the overall story and feeling of the film because totally. it's it's because oh it's another tom cruise movie oh oh it's another you know i mean i'm so sick of margot robbie at this point it's like <laughs> I, i'm not kidding it's like no i get it i'm i mean I'm kind I, of that way with oscar isaac and jamie fox because yeah you know the terrible I mean, at picking something I'm, worthy of their talent i'm just like idris elba right first time i want to actually see a movie he's in that it's the luther movie great show yeah, same same why here. can't he I mean, get a good project that's worthy of that great show. I, you know what? I was saying that to my wife the other day. It's like, why has Luther, uh, why has Idris Elba not been in a great movie yet? I don't understand it. He's like one or two, but it's not I mean, enough for it. Yeah, because you know. we're the same thing. The first time we saw him was when we when we were watching Luther. And it's like, wow, this guy's really fucking good. And, and some TV stars, they can't replicate it, but people are forgetting when that whole transition was impossible. Now it's second yeah, nature. People get paid $400 exactly. worth of peanuts and and the star gets $30 so million an episode. Why Why has he been... He needs a new agent because he has been unable to get mm -hmm. um, the, the roles that he should be in. You know, it's like... It's, it's astounding to me. You and know? people often uh, think, you know, I'm glad we had this chat, you know, about a franchise. It's the same thing with actors. Well, well, people will say, oh, you don't like them? I'm like, I like them. I hate their fucking resume. Yeah. I hate the resume. It's yeah, exactly. atrocious. I would yeah. not want it. Yeah. They don't want it. And sometimes yeah. that's okay. Sometimes they'll say up front. I mean, I think Hugh Jackman was like in a Howard Stern interview and he's like, I went the Michael Caine route. Just take the first I offer and do your best. But then there's others. It's like, oh, but yeah. you can do so much better. Yeah. Well. But that's the thing. It's like I think that you know some because I remember the interview with with Michael Caine where where he was where they asked him. He said, you, you know, you did these great movies and then you were in this one, and then you were in that one, yeah, and they're so no, bad. So Why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, and he said, and he literally said, he's like, well, um, I did that movie so I could buy my mom a new house. Right. I did that movie so I could buy myself a new house. He said so. Some of these movies I did because I'm an actor. It's what I do. People pay me, and I do them. He says, now that I'm older, I'm a lot pickier. He said, but when I was younger, yeah, I was doing movies because I'm an actor. <laughs> that's what I, and that's, and, and I, I totally get that. I really do. If somebody, you know, I was, um, I was mixing this movie uh, that has uh, Mel Gibson in it. Now, if you wonder why you'll see guys like Mel Gibson in these like b-type movies like that are 
you know, they're whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he gets, how much did he say? It's like $10 million to show up to set for a week. Yeah. Now. He's on the same short list as Morgan Freeman, De Niro. That's exactly. Bruce Willis. You know. And that same production company was using them before they got shut down. (laughs) Exactly. So you tell me, show me anybody who's going to turn down a $10 million paycheck for a week. Yeah. You know, so I, I get you gotta it. have already but, retired if you're gonna say no. Exactly. But then on the flip side, you really need to counter that with doing some really ca- quality good movies as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's how you kind of have to balance that. I, I totally get it. I understand that people um I mean remember back in the day there uh for, I mean Perfect example is David Bowie when he did uh, that album, um, Let's Dance. <laughs> Nile Rogers told me, he said, let me do my thing and you will become a household name. You will be a superstar. And, <laughs> and he let him do it. And then after that, he was able to go off and do the shit he wanted to do. He never that's had crazy. to have to worry about money again. And that's why he went into Tin Machine and all this weird, you know, totally not pop music. And I remember reading somewhere that Let's Dance is his personal less fa- least favorite record. But that's what made him the superstar that he is. <laughs> but he was smart because then he went off and did the stuff he wanted to do. And so that's the thing I think I have with, you know, like, I mean... Again, someone like Margot Robbie, it's just like she's in everything now, and it's just like it. it it's They're almost at a point. The Rock's kind of as bad. And Kevin oh Hart. Oh my god! And, and I'm like... so I'm happy for her. Don't don't get me wrong. Fuck, it's awesome that she's getting all these roles, right. but they're kind of all the same <laughs> you well know and that's I mean? just it. Wait, with any actor, they typecast them immediately to where yeah. it's just like. I know more about what they're doing next rather than keeping out what's currently now. Exactly. exactly. Too many of them, I have to wait a decade for them to get good, really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It used to be, oh. I don't know if it's just we know more about how this machine is oiled or what, but yeah, it, there's not as much suspense, like you say. There's no, I mean, when Knives came out, no one knew it was going to be a hit. It was a natural, right. organic hit and then now they're replicating it and i saw a few people give a it's okay or i like it just not as much as the first and it's just like because it was so organic it's hard to yeah. get, again get it's, that genie in a bottle again it, it is hard but that's the problem with you know the sequels and stuff like that it's like <laughs> you know it's 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 you know that magic is is a one-time thing and one time one you know i mean that's the thing and so go and create an another script that has that magic but not the same premise you know i think that that's the problem it's like you can i mean you can only do so much with an original idea because after that it's not original anymore you know that's (laughs) it's yeah you know we're kind of just scratching our heads saying what could we do different and i think that's just it i think a lot of people who want to do something different it's going to be a while yeah, it is. And it's because everybody's so focused on doing remakes and all this, you know, sequels. And it's it's so, you know, it's kind of like a desert wasteland when it comes to original ideas at this point. Everybody's just doing remakes and, and like even even the big filmmakers. It's like 
I mean, what's his name that did even even um, the Blade Runner? Yeah, Phil Ridley Noke. Scott, same kind of thing. Ridley Scott, Villeneuve. It's like, I mean, his next movie is supposed to be a remake of something. Um, you know, uh, what's his name there? It that, seems like that's his compromise. He'll make it his way, but he's still, yeah, it has to be a pre-established thing for it. It's like, movie. you know, I, I would hate to be just doing remakes as a filmmaker, you know? Uh, or a different adaptation of something that, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's, it's tricky. I mean, it's, I think that, you know, I, I, you know, I think you can take existing ideas and do something original with them. You totally can. Uh, you know, you know, for example, um, oh, what's the Shadow of the Vampire? Right. Uh, the the uh, Willem Dafoe as mm -hmm. the actor that is yeah, actually that was a about the making of Nosferatu. That was different between let's remake yeah. Nosferatu. Exactly, that's the thing. Now, what's his name? From what I understand, is doing a remake of the original Nosferatu, which is funny because I'm actually going to be doing a feature next year that's also a Nosferatu film but it takes place <laughs> it takes place actually at the I think Sol it just depends on how close you are to it like I'm okay if they do say a different version of say the Musketeers or uh yeah I, I don't know like like, like I said but again it's, it's but it's like the cover it's like how do you make it your own right how do you so, make it stand actually, out I think a perfect example really to that is when I heard that that what's his name was going to be uh, Cameron was going to be doing a Titanic movie I'm back like, in the day yeah <laughs> back like, in the day <laughs> and it's just like well that's been done to death but wow did he put a different spin on it because it wasn't about the actual Titanic sinking that's that's what was in my opinion actually brilliant about that movie mm -hmm. the actual sinking of the Titanic was completely secondary to that movie. And that's 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 what I think a good remake is. It's like taking what everybody knows about a certain film, but doing something really original with it. And I think that that's the trick. Exactly. You and know, so. I get it. It's hard to stand out, but it is like you say is like they can go about it so much differently, or at least, you know, bother to illustrate what they're going to do different yeah 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 it's it's um but i think i think right now it's like there's so much unoriginality right now in um in films especially especially in the uh in the big studio films it's it's like they literally are either only interested in either you know the cartoon and superhero movies or it's got to be a remake of something um it's, right i i think it's you know and it it is unfortunate it's uh it's not very interesting you know um and i i and again back to fury road i think that that's what fury road was it was like like you were saying it was like let's let's capitalize on the nostalgia <laughs> the only problem is is i just don't think that they started off with a good script first i think from because we're from an interview i was reading the other day is like Miller had a room that he had spent the last like 10 years working on the um uh, what do they call it the the not the storyline but the fuck why can't I think of the word you know when they have graphic representations of all the scenes and stuff like that the storyboard 
Right. So he had he had been working on the storyboard for his film for you know like 10 years, which says to me he was focusing on the look of how certain things would be as opposed to spending that time actually working on a script first mm -hmm. that made sense that was a good script and then working on the storyboard you know what i mean it's like that's what it felt like to me and that's really to me what the movie looks like it's like okay we have all this imagery that we thought of now let's go and film it and we're but ready because ready yeah. to bring it <laughs> but where's where's the story where's yeah. Where's your character arcs? There's, I mean, I guess that's, I still, I, 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 again, I just don't remember anything about the characters at all whatsoever. Yeah, for me, it was a happy meal, and I know you that's know? enough for some people. It wasn't enough for us. <laughs> yeah, no, it just it wasn't. And uh, this has been a delight having you on here, though, because <laughs> you know, there's so many film professionals who, like you say, they, I don't want to say they're all kiss ass, but. They, they don't want to really talk about certain things they're afraid of unemployment yeah. is like well that's just as bad as being censored by your boss because oh, you reported him not doing i agree job. i mean i'm a filmmaker if somebody says i didn't like your film i don't care that's cool you don't have to like my movie you, i'm the same I, way i mean no. i'd rather that's just as bad as you telling me at a party i oh, you know i really liked it and then i see on social media hey he's talking smack yes. about me yeah that exactly. i'd much rather say, say to my face you know, I thought that part was, eh, I didn't really like that. I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, I was like, yeah, I, I get it. You know, I mean. I, I'm, I'm sorry I'll, I couldn't have told you. I'll, I'll do a better job. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch my own stuff and go, yeah, that could have been better. I, <laughs> oh, I, shouldn't have, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's um, I, I, yeah, I, I've never been really precious about the stuff I do because, you know. I did it. It's done. I'm moving on. You know, we can do different. It's, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's funny because in Ron Howard's uh, masterclass, <laughs> one of the things he says right in the beginning is that every single movie you make will ultimately break your heart. <laughs> that and, was a good point. You know, yeah. he talked, and he talks about how every movie that he's done, he did not get. No, everything he wanted he, even very important things that he really wanted to get even if he wanted it he didn't have time or he didn't have time it's they ran out of time <laughs> it was just they had to move on he just no. didn't you know and that's just the way it is it's like you know it's you know i mean we have a saying in in sound when we're mixing for something and that is to watch it is to change it Bingo. and every, every time you fucking watch something that you've done You'll want to change something. There comes a point where you just have to go. It's done. That's all we can do right now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, this was fun. Absolutely, and <laughs> uh, we'll have to have you on more often. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me know, and yeah, maybe we can get some. Uh, maybe like a group thing on where uh, there's a yes. bit of panel. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up